1: It's Daily Thrones for a Friday. The weekend is here, which means Game of Thrones is about to end. I'll be taking more of your guys' calls today predicting the finale, possibly some shocking deaths, and even some calls that I didn't get a chance to post earlier in the week that posed some great questions and our wonderful thought starters. You guys are the best. Daily Thrones rolls on for a Friday.
2: Hey, Ken. Cam Brennan here. First-time caller, and had some thoughts on the chains that everyone seems to be so bent out of shape about and the one thing I haven't really heard discussion on is the fact that the Night King had ice javelins specifically for the dragons no one seems bent out of shape that he had purposely built tools to take a dragon out of the sky so if he had those why would he not have a way to retrieve said dragon that fell from the sky so uh, don't know if you have had a discussion on this in previous days. I've only been listening for about two days. Love the show. Keep up the good work. And uh, if you take the call, I appreciate it. Thanks, man.
1: Cam had this great call earlier in the week, and I uh, didn't get a chance to get to it until now. And uh, talking about the little thing that uh, we, we definitely overlooked, that is the Night King bringing... Ice javelins for the dragons. I know there's this theory going around, and I actually can buy into it, that the Night King was t- trying to trap Jon, maybe use him as bait, maybe he knew about the dragons, because maybe he's got some visions himself, or maybe he's tied to Bran, maybe... He is everywhere and nowhere, and he uh, was ready for them. You have to think he was ready for them. He was just not affected. Oh, look, there's a dragon. Give me the ice javelin. Unless they travel around with large chains and ice javelin dragon-killing packs, unless it's just a normal part, a standard issue for a White Walker army, then you have to think there's something to the fact that the Night King had it and was ready what do you guys think? Is the Night King just traveling around with some anti-dragon ice javelins, or did he know it was coming? It's an interesting question that Ken posed, and I want to hear what you guys think. Also taking your predictions on what's going to happen in the finale as we get ready to close out Season 7.
2: Hey Ken and Daily Thrones listeners, it's Shayler, a.k.a. Deal Cosplay. I had a question I wanted to ask. This was a debate Harley Cat and myself had. Ice Dragon. Would the Night King raising the dragon from the dead fundamentally change it from breathing fire to frost? What are your thoughts? Thanks. Bye.
1: Alright guys, Shayla raises a very important question. I've been getting this all week on Twitter and I think we finally need to determine. We need to come together as a Daily Thrones listening audience and determine the answer. Now that we have a Dragon White, an Ice Dragon... The Night King riding right high top, dead Viserion. Is it going to blow fire or ice? I say it's going to blow frost fire. What's frost fire? I don't know. But we're going to find out when it melts the wall and takes down the armies of Westeros. Or maybe I'm wrong. What do you guys think? What will come out of that dragon's mouth? Ice or fire? Hey, Ken, uh, a really good point was made in your interview with Ash Crossan, and that is there really hasn't been like a jaw-dropping, shocking death yet on Season 7 of Game of Thrones. I mean, there has been a lot of death, the Queen of Thorns, the Sand Snakes, you know, all of that. But there hasn't been a death that just made us all go, oh my god, I cannot believe that happened. I mean, even the dragon dying, it was sad. But all of us kind of expected the dragon was going to eventually die. So I do expect a shocking death needs to happen and probably will happen um, on Sunday. Now, who will it be? That You know, there's a couple of candidates. I mean, Littlefinger certainly, one of them. I mean, maybe someone that's going to this parlay that's going on on Sunday. You never know. I mean, the Hound, the Mountain, maybe they will have cloak Cl- Bowl and one of them will end up dying. Who knows? But... Definitely we need a shocking Deaf Sunday.
2: Hey, Ken, it's Jin. I wanted to put out a specific question, but it's something that we've been discussing, even particularly this, this last season of the show. And it's, it, if I had to boil it down as a question, it would be this: as we're looking at you know this season ending and as the whole show is going to come to an end, would you favor shock? over resolution if you sort of had to pick one because I think as fans we lean one way or the other I think you know Game of Thrones obviously great at delivering the shocks or has been over the last few years you know unexpected character deaths uh, moments that we didn't see coming but you know we've only got seven more episodes and the story needs to start to resolve and so I think you it may fall into what we would call more predictable areas which is not what Game of Thrones has been known for so I'm just asking, I guess, you know, I'm trying to consider that myself. What am I hoping for? Should I lower my expectations on the shock value to know that, hey, I might get a good story that will resolve? Or should I be like, no, I want some more shocking things. I want things unexpected to happen. So where do you land on that? And I guess what are other Daily Throners land on that?
1: Great stuff here about shocking deaths. And do we want shock value or resolution? It's something I've been talking about, especially as it relates to last week's episode that You know, we're so used to, we're so trained now for the big shocks, the things we don't see coming on Game of Thrones, that we're getting to the point where some things we just might see coming because the story is wrapping up. And the question that Jin asked directly, do I want shock or resolution? I will always choose resolution, especially at this point in the story. I want it to serve the story. If a shocking death, uh, Eric's predicting maybe Littlefinger, uh, some others there, uh, I, I'm no problem with that if it serves the story. If Ari and Sansa coming together to take out Littlefinger as the big shock, and it also resolves not just this season's story but a bigger story, then I'm all for that. But if Littlefinger has purpose left in the story, and I personally think he does, I think there has to be more than just him fading away up at Winterfell since he's the one that started a lot of what is going down south of the Wall in Westeros. We are definitely looking towards the Night King. He is uh, the main event villain right now, but Cersei and the throne are very important still, and Littlefinger has a lot to do with that. So if his death is shocking, that's Okay, but if it's shocking and resolves a lot of things, that's what I want. That's where I come down on it. Where do you guys come down in Game of Thrones as we have only seven episodes left? Shock? A resolution? It's a great question from Jin. I'll need your answers. Thrones fans. We got a great guest right here for a special interview as we build towards the season finale. You know, I have the editor-in-chief of Watchers on the Wall, which is a great community for Game of Thrones fans, a source for news. It is Susan Miller. Susan, you there?
0: Yes, I am.
1: Yeah, thank you so Hi. much for it- <laughs> How, you You got to be so busy getting ready for this finale, right? This is big stuff for us Game of Thrones nerds.
0: Yeah, it's really exciting, but um, it's it's a good kind of busy. We're all really excited, and people have a lot of theories and thoughts on where everything's going to go. So, yeah, we're all super stoked about Sunday night.
1: Yeah, the, this what I've been saying about this finale is we're, since we're so past the book, it's almost hard for me to predict. We can all look at the prophecies and the theories and speculations, but I honestly never thought we'd be at this point with Cersei sitting with Jon Snow and her enemies. Uh, where are your thoughts and where are your predictions going into this finale?
0: Well, I mean, Cersei is very unpredictable, so that's kind of a great thing about her as far as, I mean, she's not exactly likable, but she's very entertaining <laughs> in that sense, but uh, yeah, I think uh, where things stand right now, we're waiting to find out what's going to happen with this big meetup meet that is planned. And we saw at the end of Sunday's episode, Bain, she got that white at no small mm-hmm. cost. So mm-hmm. hopefully this meeting is going to take place. And um, I'm not sure Sir Cersei is going to be swayed that easily. She's uh, as cunning as she is. She's a bit of a fool sometimes. <laughs> So <laughs> I think it's going to be a, a strange, strange meetup.
1: Yeah, she, she's definitely headstrong, and I think she's bounced back a little bit. To to she would she would have made her father proud these last couple uh, this season and a half. But you're right; it's so hard to predict. And 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 what did you think about last week's episode? Uh, I definitely liked it. I had some questions, like a lot of people, but it, it got a lot of people talking. Uh, where where did you fall down on that story?
0: Well, I really enjoyed it, but I mean, I definitely agree with with some of the common criticisms. Um, I don't get caught up in some of the little details just because I really enjoyed the ride. You know, I don't really care how long it takes Gendry to run back to Eastwatch, that kind of thing. But I, I had either. some of some, yeah, it's like, yeah, who cares, whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I didn't love like the the whole Arya and, and Sansa. Quibbling back and forth. I just didn't really buy it. I'm not really buying into that storyline. I can kind of see where it's going and I get what they're doing. I'm just not enjoying it.
1: Right, right. Do you, yeah, do you, is, it, is it, what's going on in the sense of uh, do you think it's because they're past the books and they get to play with this a little bit more than they could? Uh, I mean, I, I'm willing to wait to see where it goes, but it definitely, it definitely seemed a little out of place with what the Arya and Sansa we know.
0: I mean, it seems like a lot of it is a holding pattern issue. You know, they're sitting yeah. there in Winterfell. They need to find something for these two characters to do. So they looked in and they said, oh, how about we have them fight with each other? Right. You know, which is, right. yeah, you know, Yeah, tension can be very interesting between two characters. And especially, yes, these are two to young women who had some problems going back to their childhood but they were not problems that led them to you know have one of them all murder the other one and I don't know I mean maybe it's the breakneck pace of the season that is not letting us earn that buy-in but it's just not working.
1: Yeah, I I agree. It's like it, it certainly could end up being something in Arya speaking in code, but I think we learned a little bit with the House of Black and White too where what we saw was what we got. With Arya, you know, a lot of the speculation of maybe it's the waif in a mask or she's wearing the waif mask and it just seemed to be what it was, which could be this.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe there is a trick to it that we'll see in the finale, but I think that um you can't really string people along with several episodes of, of something that we're not enjoying or really appreciating only to have a cool thing happen in the finale. Like there has to be some kind of interesting, dramatic payoff within each episode. And, you know, we can't just have that one episode at, at the, you know, the season finale that makes it worthwhile. It's just, it's not good writing.
1: Right. I, I, I think you're right there. And, and looking at the finale this week, a lot of us are wondering if there's going to be a shocking death. I've done a—I've a, sequestered myself from a lot of the internet to avoid spoilers so far successfully, but going into this week, do you think we need a shocking death or what we've been talking about here on Daily Thrones is do we just need good resolution more than something that makes us feel shocked as an audience?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, Game of Thrones has gotten this reputation for these shocking deaths, but the reason that deaths like you know, Caitlin and Rob at the red wedding. The reason it was so shocking is because these were major characters that we loved. You know, it's not about oh, let's kill that main character just for the sake of shock. That's cheap. That's that's stupid and it's it's not worthwhile. So, I mean, I'm not interested in seeing a character get killed off just for the sake of a big shock. We want to have an interesting, satisfying, worthwhile resolution. And that that's good writing. It's just killing someone. Yeah. <laughs> not really worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely, be worth definitely
1: it. not. <laughs> Has to be earned, and uh, you guys are watching as well. You've, you guys have been around since 2014. I always love going to you guys in, in the off season because it feels like a warm home. That I can surround myself with people waiting for the next season. How are you Thanks. guys going to do? Well, exactly and how how are you guys going to do if we if we have to wait till twenty nineteen? Do we have to huddle tighter as fans?
0: Definitely. I mean, that, those are the times when you have to huddle even tighter. It's like a, an extra long winter. You know, you have to come even tighter. And it's, I mean, as it is, production's already starting, and it's going to go for yeah. a good long while, and we're going to have. We already have the news coming in, so it's going to be a challenge. But I think that we have so many amazing people having these interesting discussions about the show that doesn't stop in the off season. If anything, yes. it gets more intense because people get into these really crazy, cracky theories. That that's kind of what the the best thing about the Game of Thrones and the Song of Ice and Fire fandoms are, you know, is when they really start digging deep and getting into that that theory land and What's the end game? Like that, That's the good stuff. That's the juice of the fandom.
1: Absolutely. And hey, you know, we could have a book to digest or two before the next oh. season. So that'll be fun.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That would be incredible. Yes. We're hoping and praying. I mean, we've heard a lot of different estimates. And I mean, we hear rumors about 2018 now. And I, I'm certainly mm. hoping that. And if we get The Winds of Winter in 2018, you know, of course, we're all going to read the book within, you know, a few days, even yeah. though it'll be like 1,500 pages. But that will give us some time. And, you know, there'll be other projects on the horizon, you know, other little things that we're working yeah. on at Watchers on the Wall that we'll post more about soon. But, yeah, I mean, we're all going to keep busy and, yeah, it, we'll have Love more it. Yeah, to entertain yeah. us.
1: A lot to digest well Susan I want to thank you for joining us here on Daily Thrones and uh, tell them where they can find Watchers of the Wall on Twitter and yourself I know they can go to WatchersOnTheWall.com like me and a lot of fans but uh, where can they be followed where where you guys, your guys work be found
0: yeah, um, yeah of course WatchersOnTheWall.com is our website you can find us on Twitter at WatchersOTWall and you can find me at SueTheFury on Twitter if you want to come and say hi
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much. We'll all be uh, knee-deep in the finale on Sunday. Thanks to Susan, Daily Thrones fans. Give us a call here. Tell us your ideas, final predictions. We're getting down to it. Season 7 is about to end.
0: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.